three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. gentlemen days and gays this is the real pineapple this is your humble host hunter here i've got a review for <sighs> the last guardians of the galaxy with the current roster got a review for guardians of the galaxy uh, volume 3 which is written and directed and produced by the world's sexiest snowman james gunn you of course know james gunn from the prior two Guardians of the Galaxy movies, uh, uh, Slither, uh, Peacemaker, The Suicide Squad, uh, Super, which Super is so goddamn underrated. If you have not watched Super, watch Super. It rules. But, of course, the stars Chris Pratt, Bradley Cooper, uh, Karen Gillan, uh, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel, uh, uh, Palm uh Klimatev, uh, Chuck Woody, Awuji joining the MCU as the High Evolutionary. Um, there's there's a ton of people in this movie. Sean Gunn, uh, Maria ba- uh, Baklava. Um, yeah, it's stat cats. So if you've listened to the podcast or listened to my prior two reviews for the Guardians films, I love James Gunn. I, I've been a fan of James Gunn for years. I think he has an incredibly brilliant mind. And if you remember when he got fired from Marvel, uh, after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and those Republicans put that hit piece out, essentially, to re-earth those old tweets about those uh, pedophile jokes that he made that, at the end of the day, just weren't funny. They weren't funny jokes. You swing and you miss. Um, Isn't it amazing how Republicans will be offended by jokes about kids and yet pass won't pass gun control legislation? It, it's amazing. It's amazing how their minds work. But... James, you know, uh, Marvel, Disney, they cave to the pressure like like fucking morons, and they fired James Gunn, and I, I, I think he was fired for, what, six months, eight months, something like that, and that that is something, while, say what you will about Chris Pratt, um, you know, I have my issues with, <laughs> with uh, some of his politics, but what I will say, clearly a good friend, because... The Guardians wrote that open letter to Disney, to Marvel, talking about how James Gunn should be brought back. And if you remember, I believe it was on the Weekly uh, weekly Slicer, one of my Real Talk re- uh, reviews, I talked about the fact that if I'm DC Comics, I go ahead and I reach out to James Gunn and go, save us for the love of fuck, please, please, please save us. And that's exactly what DC did. So the moment that deal got struck... Gunn's time uh, in the MCU was numbered, and as we know, James Gunn, his vision kicks off here in the next couple years with uh, Superman, and he's the new head of DC. He's going to be helping spearhead where DC goes, and if this is any indication, then holy shit, DC's in amazing fucking hands. It's kind of amazing how James Gunn has really grown with the MCU, and one thing I love about James Gunn is that you can feel the Star Wars influences. He he clearly wanted to make his own space opera. 
And if you've read Guardians of the Galaxy through their multiple iterations um, iterations and through their multiple teams, that's exactly what it is. It is a space opera. But no one, and I, I mean this as someone who's read several runs of the Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't know if anyone's ever understood the Guardians better than James Gunn. He just gets how to make these characters work. And if you need an example of how he knows how to make these characters work and how he is truly a actor's director, let's look at Chris Pratt outside the MCU. Chris Pratt has given genuinely incredible performances as Star-Lord in the MCU. I think him in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and in Infinity War, the way he's so tortured by Thanos and Gamora and their connection, it's maybe, it's probably the best acting in Chris Pratt's career. Like, it's kind of incredible. But then you look at him in three Jurassic World movies with Colin Trevorrow, and I can't remember who directed the second one. I, I, I think someone, uh, I can't remember who directed it. it. It doesn't matter. But you see Chris Pratt in those Jurassic World movies, and he just feels just emotionless, like someone drained the charisma out of him. And it's kind of crazy how naturally he fits into the Star-Lord character and how Gunn is able to just make it work. It's it's kind of amazing. So I am going to get into mild spoilers. I do need to talk about some spoilers about uh, in order to talk about how I feel about the film. But as I get into more intense spoilers, I will give you all a heads up. So I'm going to dance around quite a bit of stuff here for the first couple minutes, and then I'll let you know when it, we're getting the spoiler talk. So uh, just to jump in here, this movie, at the end of the day, it's Bradley Cooper's movie. It's uh, Bradley Cooper, of course, who voices Rocket and his voice Rocket through two, you know, through two uh, Avengers films. Uh, of course, Infinity War and Endgame and voicing him. Uh, for the third time in the Guardian saga, Bradley Cooper is an amazing actor. And I don't think we, I think we kind of forget Bradley Cooper is an amazing actor because he's so good and he's been so great for so long. Uh, Bradley Cooper just knocks it out of the park pretty consistently. It's kind of incredible. Whether you look at something like American Hustle, which I'm not crazy about the film, but he's my, probably my second, actually he's probably my favorite thing about it outside of Christian Bale. But uh, he's great in that. American Sniper, even though I do think Clint Eastwood's uh, love fest for America is a bit gross, um, Cooper does a great job in that. Him and Selena Miller work really well off each other. Of course, Silver Lightning's playbook. Um, he steals fucking licorice pizza for the cameo he gets. Um, he's great in War Dogs. Uh, Limitless, if you have not seen Limitless, seriously watch Limitless. It's fucking awesome. Uh, a Star is Born, of course, he stars in that and fucking directed it. Uh, and can sing the fucker is so handsome and he can sing fuck you bradley cooper and then he can he's a great voice actor too like what 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 can't he do and this movie goes in and gets into rocket's origins and i was <laughs> i was worried because if you've read guardians you know about rocket's origin rocket's origins dark as hell and my whole thing was okay let's see how dark James Gunn's gonna get because if there's one thing we know about James Gunn he doesn't shy away from shit and the the depictions of animal cruelty in this movie by the head uh, by the high evolutionary it's fucking dark y'all and, and I'm seeing some articles about saying well maybe you shouldn't take your kid to see this I'm gonna be real y'all you need to take your kids to see this like you need your kids 
to actually know that there's some there, there's fucking evil in the world. Why are we? Don't coddle your kids on this shit. If anything, it's gonna make you go home and hug your pets a little tighter that night. I will be the first to admit the first thing I did once my partner and I got home and changed um, or hug our cats. We were like, oh my God, we missed you so much because the scenes are dark with Rocket and you get to see Rocket from, you know, being a baby raccoon to where he is now. And it's really well done as far as taking Rocket off the map because I can say this because this happens early, very early in the movie. We get the uh, introduction of Adam Warlock, uh, who's played by Will Poulter. And, of course, that's paying off the mid credit scene in Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 2, where we see the cocoon. So it was actually really cool to finally see Adam Warlock make his debut. And Will Poulter's just a great actor. Like, like he's, he's always great. And, honestly, that will probably be the biggest or one of the biggest points of contention from people is the fact that you don't get a ton of Adam Warlock. He kind of gets the Nebula treatment from the first Guardians, where he's there, but it's definitely a case of he's going to be more of a thing later on uh, as far as, you know, where where they take that character. And, God, I'm trying to think of what else I can say without spoiling anything. Uh, basically, Rocket is taken off the map in a way and we're seeing flashbacks of where how Rocket grew up through his uh, through his point of view, and, and I'll again dancing around, but the flashbacks are really well handled and they're really well done. And this is written in a way, and I mean this as a compliment, uh, as far as how the High Evolutionary is written. It's written very much like late 80s, early 90s, old school wrestling, where you don't always need to make an insanely deep villain. Sometimes you can just keep it simple. Oh my God, you know, Jake the Snake Roberts hit Miss Elizabeth. What a piece of shit. Oh my God, the high evolutionary is torturing animals. Holy fucking shit. Like sometimes it's just that simple. And anytime the high evolutionary is in a room, you feel tense because Rocket is clearly tense. And the way that the way that the High Evolutionary reveals himself to be evil to Rocket, and this is not a spoiler, but because of course you know that he's bad. But the way that he realizes that the High Evolutionary is evil and how fucked up he is, once you get to that moment, it's such a oh son of a bitch, and you feel so bad for Rocket because it explains so much of his trust issues and why he is the way he is. When you think about the first Guardians, where he talks about you know, in his, one of the more intense moments about how, you know, it wasn't his decision to be made, you know, to be, you know, opened up and torn apart over and over again. That line hits so different after watching this movie. And that is, that is the biggest compliment I can give this movie. Um, A couple other things I'll mention before I get into full spoilers. There's an action scene in here near the end that is so reminiscent I would ask James Gunn. I'd love to ask James Gunn this. It feels so inspired by the Guardians of the Galaxy video game, which if you've not played the Guardians of the Galaxy video game, buy that shit immediately. It's fucking amazing. I'm working my way through it on, uh, I have it on PS5, and goddamn, the game is so much fucking fun, and it captures so much of the spirit of the, not just the comics, but of these movies, as as far as how um, music is used. And I will say, too, the music in here, 
the mixtape, the mixtape is fucking awesome. The awesome mix this time, uh, it's fucking awesome. It's fucking wonderful. It opens with one of my favorite songs, and I just went, "Oh, I'm so happy you picked that song. I'm so happy this is opening the movie, and that this is through the credits versus the last song that's played." At this point, I just went, oh my god, you would end with the song. It's perfect for where this movie ends up. It is fucking perfect. Um, a couple other things I will throw out here, uh, as I mentioned before I get to uh, the spoiler portion of this. Um, I think this is Dave Batista's best performance as Drax the Destroyer. I love Dave Batista. I'm such a fan of his, and... To kind of put things in perspective, I'm sure most people know, but I'm I remember when people were laughing at Batista when he said that he was gonna be an actor. And yeah, you know, we've obviously had you know mixed mixed uh, uh mixed results, I'll say, when it comes to wrestlers uh becoming becoming actors. Kevin Nash, by the way, is a great fucking actor. People don't put enough respect on uh big sexy Kevin Nash's name, but he is a damn good actor. But you know there are a lot of there are a lot more cases of wrestlers failing in acting than were uh, succeeding when Batista decided to go ahead and become an actor. But the moment you see him as Drax, he just nails the comedic aspect of that character. And later on in Volume One, where he talks about how you know I if I die if I die alongside you, you know I'll get to see my wife and daughter again. And the way that his arc is brought full circle, I thought was incredibly well done. And there's some emotional moments with him and Mantis where you go, wow, Drax is, Drax is a cool dude, but he's just someone who's been hurt and is trying to get over it. And that's really the theme of the Guardians in this movie in particular. It's about Peter Quill trying to move on or potentially get back together with Gamora, even though this Gamora that he is introduced to is not the Gamora that he obviously fell in love with. Gamora, once again, played by Zoe Saldana. I love the way their chemistry works. Uh, Karen Gillan has just been, I think, the silent MVP in these uh, in these movies. And seeing her, her uh, and we're Nebula, seeing her performance, I, it just makes me appreciate her more. And she, her comedic timing in particular... Uh, the the very dry humor works so well here in moments. I will say that is going to be something that might catch people off guard a little bit. This is still definitely a very funny movie. I would say it's more dramatic than funny. But for me and for what is happening in this movie, that actually works and actually enhances the movie. I think the last work better because there are fewer of them. So I actually like that. I actually like the way that gun uh, plays that. So... Getting to my, uh, so I'm going to give my grade now, and now I'm going to go ahead and go into the spoiler talk uh, uh, portion. So for me, for how hard I cried, and, and I I have to be real, y'all, um, if you've seen that Will Ferrell gif where he's drinking wine in his, uh, in his, chair, in his uh, chair and it's shaking because he's crying, that was me. <laughs> that was me in the theater. That was me sipping my beer and shaking. And I was crying so hard at points. I was spitting my beer back out. Um, <laughs> I just I could not stop crying. Uh, between this and Wakanda Forever, Marvel, what are you trying to do? Why are you Why are you making me sad? God damn it! But uh, yeah, I think this is. I think this is the best of the three. 
I, I slept on this for a couple nights. I, I didn't want to say it before I really had the conviction to go, yep, I'm 100% in this, in this point of view. I love this movie. I, I genuinely love this movie. I think James Gunn knocked this out of the park. This is my second favorite thing they've done in Phase 4, uh, right behind Falcon the Winter Soldier. Um, I love, uh, I, I dug the hell out of Spider-Man No Way Home. I dug the hell out of uh, Multiverse of Madness. Uh, if you've listened to that review, I love Multiverse of Madness. This is the best thing they've done outside of Falcon and the Winter Soldier since Phase 4. I, I love this movie. It could have lost like 10, 15 minutes. Could have lost a little time. Yeah, If there is a true gripe that I have, you could have fine-tuned this a little bit. This is two and a half hours. You could have gotten this done in two hours, 15 or even 2.20. But regardless, still an amazing movie. I, I adore this movie so much. It is, oh man, I don't know if I like it more in Creed 3. I might like it more in John Wick Chapter 4. Those, those are all kind of fighting for my top uh, spot. Uh, my favorite film of the year so far. But I, I adore this movie. Truly adore it. It's a fan-fucking-tastic. Please go see this. Uh yeah, you will have a ton of fun. Um, you will be tortured. Just, just be aware that you're going to cry <laughs> at points. But it's it's absolutely amazing. So, all right. Fan fucking fantastic. I'm moving on to the spoiler section now. Are you are you still there? I'm going to give you three seconds. All right. Talking spoilers in three, two, one. Okay. So, the biggest surprise I have to say is that James Gunn didn't kill anyone off. No... None of the members of the Guardians got killed. I was shocked by that. And to James Gunn's credit, he does a great job of fucking with the audience. Like there, there were multiple points. I was like, "You're just, you're just toying with us, you asshole." And he, I'm sure he admitted to. But there's a point where Drax gets shot in the chest, where they're going ahead trying to find this file on going ahead and um, you being able to use the code to be able to operate on Rocket. And, oh, my God, that whole, that's point where Drax gets shot in the chest. I was like, you son of a bitch. Uh, there's a point where Nebula gets her ass kicked by Adam Warlock. And that is one thing I, I really like as far as how his powers are portrayed. Uh, Adam Warlock has his look. It's just enough of the old school Silver Age look, but modernized. Like, I love the old Silver Age shit. I love how dumb and cliche and cheesy it is. Why does Spider-Man have a Spider-Man van? Shut up, Hunter. You know, I love that dumb shit. But Adam Warlock's look here and the way his powers are represented really fucking worked for me. But uh, there's a couple points where Nebula looks like she's going to bite the dust. And you're just like, oh, my God. There is one scene in particular that is specifically done to make you think that Mantis, Nebula, or Drax, because they're all trapped in this room, like, they could, all three of them could be fucked. Like, the movie does such a good job of just fucking with you. And yet, no Guardians died. I was really surprised by that, honestly. Um, and yet, for what, for where these characters end up, and I just kind of want to go, go through here real quick. So, let's start with Star-Lord. So, Star-Lord survives. He is still, he's still around. He goes ahead and actually goes back to Earth and goes ahead and meets his grandpa or um, reunites his grandpa, which was really fucking sweet. Like that was a moment 
the way that was done, I went, I fucking love this. And so, <laughs> um, so they're they're discussing this na- uh, one of their uh, the neighbors' lawns, and Star Lord is just talking to him, and he's reading a newspaper. And then the screen cuts to black and it says the legendary Star-Lord will return. So what's interesting about that is the legendary Star-Lord is a miniseries that Marvel produced from 2014 to 2015, where it's just Star-Lord doing his own thing. And so uh, I think personally, that's going to be a Disney Plus series. We could get... Now, I don't know how Comic-Con's going to work with the writer's strike. I'm sure they'll still announce projects and shit. But personally, I think they're going to go ahead and intru- uh, go ahead and confirm that maybe at Comic-Con, if not at uh, D23 uh, this upcoming year. We're going to get confirmation on that. I think Chris Pratt will be back for sure. Uh, clearly, this means that they have other plans for him. Could be back for Secret Wars, but it'll be interesting to see kind of what Phil's the gap because there could be a Disney Plus original show uh, leading up to Secret Wars or something that kind of fills in the timeline. But that would be my theory. I, I think they use that name very intentionally, and I think that uh, we're going to get a miniseries out of it. So uh, if that happens, you're here to hear first. Uh, I didn't talk about her too much in my review, but I really thought Zoe Saldana does a great job playing Gamora once again, going ahead and pushing Peter away. But as her art continues and as the movie progresses, you know, maybe remembering more uh, about how she used to be. And it's it's really fascinating the line she kind of walks between maybe kind of wanting to insert herself back in the Guardians, but also wanting to do her own thing. And the fact she ends up being a Ravager at the end of the movie, I fucking love that. Because... Um, there's a point where Drax um, butchers it, but he, um, but oh god, Mantis goes ahead and tells him about this metaphor about you know swimming, swimming on your own essentially, and that's what Peter ends up doing by going back to Earth. And I appreciate the fact that there's an understanding of that between Peter and Gamora as they go off on their own journeys. Uh, Zoe Saldana has already said that she's done playing Gamora that. You know, she, she's moving on. And honestly, I don't think you need to bring the character back. If you do, you bring in another, uh, you know, uh, bring in someone else to play it. Cool. That's awesome. You could do that. But I really was actually very happy with where they ended uh, Gamora's arc. So I don't think you really need to mess with it. You have other characters. You don't need to bring her back. But I, I, I really liked what happened with her. I love the fact that it looks like we're getting we got King Groot um, now at play because later uh, later in the film near the end uh, we hear Vin Diesel's Groot say I love you guys or I love you all thinks what is what they say and in the mid credit scene we see the new Guardians team and Groot is bigger than he's ever been and so it. <coughs> Pardon me. So it looks like it's King Groot now, which is fucking awesome. I won't spoil too much about King Groot, but quick Google search, kids. King Groot fucking rules. So the fact that it looks like he's he's one of the new members of the Guardians, hell yeah. I, I'm really excited to see what they keep doing with Groot because Groot Groot's awesome. Groot is just fucking great. So um, I'm happy that Groot made it. 
uh, <laughs> first off in the movie, when Adam Warlock goes ahead and lands on nowhere and just fucks nowhere up, damn near destroys nowhere. The way I love the first fight we get between Adam Warlock and the Guardians, and in particular how Groot and him, you know, Groot using his vines and everything and his uh, his branches versus Adam Warlock's cosmic powers. I thought that whole sequence, that whole face-off was really well done, and I can't wait to see what they do with Groot moving forward. I, I'm really excited that Groot is going to still be still be a thing. So. Uh, despite all my crying, Rocket didn't die. Thank God Rocket didn't die. Um, Bradley Cooper's Rocket is now the leader of the Guardians. In that moment, too, where we see the Guardians go ahead and kind of establish Rocket as a new leader, that alone made me cry because I went, hell yeah, as much as Rocket wants to save people and really make the world better, as we learn quite a bit as far as their origin uh, in that sense, I, it makes sense that Rocket would be the next one to go ahead and lead the Guardians. So I'm I'm really happy for Bradley Cooper. I'm sure he'll be back voicing the character. But I, I'm I'm so happy that Rocket is the the new leader of the Guardians. But what's interesting is that Guardian teams, as far as where we end up right now, the modern team is you know Star Lord, uh, Groot, um, Adam Warlock, and then. Uh, f- uh, f- uh, Philavel, who has connections to the ori- original Captain Marvel, um, and Cosmo the Space Dog, who of course is voiced by uh, Maria uh, Baklava, and then oh my gosh, why am I blinking on? Oh, why am I blinking on the other brother's uh, the, the other brother's name? Um, oh my God, uh, Craglin. There we go. Sean Gunn's Craglin, who I'll get to in just a moment. But I love the new roster that they have set up. There have been connections to other Guardians teams as far as members, uh, including not just Nova, who, as we know, Nova is going to come into play at some point. I'm wondering if we don't get Nova as maybe one of those Marvel special presentations. I would love for that to be the way they introduce Nova. But Nova's clearly going to factor in at some point. But Hercules has been a member. Ant-Man's been a member. Uh, Kitty Pride has been a member. Ghost Rider has been a member. Uh, Iron Man has been a member. Uh, Captain Marvel as well. So, I mean, they, they, they've had some major players on the Guardians roster. So, it wouldn't be surprising if they go ahead and add one or two members. I think Nova is almost, uh, is almost a, a lock as far as being one of the new people to go ahead and join. But absolutely love the fact, too, that, uh, that Sean Gunn, Gotta go ahead and uh, got a chance to go ahead and show out uh, later on. It's Craglin. There is this really cool flashback to uh, Yondu, uh, Michael Roker's Yondu, uh, in the film. That uh, there's a really cool moment of Craglin where he sees Yondu, and that that moment in particular was something I just went, "Ah, oh, you sons of bitches! You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna make me cry." Love that scene. Love the way that scene was handled. Um, moving on to the last couple members, uh, I love the fact that Drax is getting to be a dad again. I love that him and Nebula are staying on nowhere, and they're going to go ahead and be the ones that help raise that new culture uh, with all those kids that they saved and all animals they saved. I fucking love that. I mentioned earlier in the review how bringing things full circle, you know, in terms of Rocket dropping that line about being torn apart and everything. 
I love how Drax talked about in the first uh, volume one, how, you know, I don't dance. And to see him in Nebula, two of the the, the two grump, uh, grumpiest grouches of the Guardians roster, to see them dancing and smiling as Florence and the Machine's dog days are over plays was something that I didn't know I needed in my life. And it it just, oh my God, just made me, made me fucking weep. I... I love that so much, and I love the fact that they both feel at peace with their trauma and the things that they've gone through, and now it's about raising up this new generation to go ahead and just be safe and be happy, and I just, I, I love that so much. It's a simple uh, solution uh, as far as where they end up, but that's kind of what I like about it, because these are two people who have fought their whole lives and for them to be able to find rest and find a new purpose outside of just violence, I thought was so, so beautiful. And one thing that I found fascinating about the high uh, uh, evolutionary is the fact that he makes this kind of offhand comment about art and how art and music inspires civil uh, civilizations. And when we think about the importance of music for the Guardians as a team... I love the way that that tied in. Uh, gun, gun. It, it's very kind of subtle, but it's one of those things where you take the half step back and go, "Oh yeah, gun, drop that in there for a reason." And how this new colony is being established while music is playing. It, it's such a nice connection. I, I I love that so much. Love, love, love that. Um. Oh gosh, who who else have I not gotten to yet? Have I covered everyone? I think I've covered everybody. Um, the last thing I'll go ahead and say as far as, uh, actually I got a couple more things I'll throw up, but as far as other things, I'll, um, one other thing I wanted to throw out the, the defeat of the high, uh, evolutionary fucking amazing. That whole last, I'd say 20 minutes or so, the action in that is perfect. It really did. As I mentioned earlier, feel like James Gunn played, Guardians of the Galaxy, the game, and was like, okay, let's go ahead and maybe use some of these moves in the, in the final third act. Uh, the way Rocket especially moves as the team is working in tandem feels very much like the Guardians game, and I, I love that. Um, love, love, love that. But um, I was going to mention, uh, I talked about earlier in the review how Rocket was being lied to, obviously, by the High Evolutionary. And when Rocket realizes he's being lied to, the way that he goes ahead and snaps on him and just starts ripping at his face, once they go ahead and they take him down to see his actual face underneath where Rocket had been clawing at his face and to see the aftermath of that was amazing. It's so gory. For a PG-13 movie, it's fucking gory. But it's so cool to see that Rocket fucked him up as badly as he did. Um, I was very happy we got the little payoff on that uh, scene from earlier in the film. So, uh, last thing I'll go ahead and I'll throw out. I, I didn't really talk about where Mantis ends up. She goes ahead and just goes off by herself uh, with these uh, two creatures. Uh, the uh, I think the Agaleths um, from the opening of Guardians Volume 2. She goes ahead and goes off with two of those. And... I don't think we see Mantis again, uh, but Palm, you did an amazing job. Um, she, Her being the empathetic one of the team, I really like the way they explored that, too. How she just kind of snaps on Drax and 
Nebula at a point because they're always making fun of her, but she is like the most adult person out of the Guardians because she's the one who's required to feel everyone's emotions and yet go ahead and push her to the side. I really like the way they uh, closed her arc out. But outside of the legendary Star Lord now and the new Guardians team, where are we going next? That that's a big question. I think we get more Guardian stuff. I, I don't think these characters are done. I mean, they, I, I don't think you establish a new team without saying you're going to have these, you're going to revisit these characters. As far as who could be the one to revisit them, since they're not working at DC anymore because they didn't get a sequel to Lego Batman, which is very dumb, I would be all, I would be begging Lord Miller to take over Guardians. Lord Miller would crush this shit. Um, I would beg them. <laughs> I would straight up beg them. Like, Come on, look at what you got established. Because while James Gunn's unique voice will be incredibly missed with these characters, and time will tell if someone else can capture that magic, Lord Miller could do this shit. Outside of Lord Miller, I would say, I'd say Edgar Wright. I know that obviously him and Marvel have a, a dicey past with considering how, Ant, uh, how he left uh, Ant-Man, but... Apparently, Feige and Wright have buried the hatchet. They talked a couple years ago at one of the Marvel premieres of Mary Surf. So, I mean, maybe you could bring him back in the fold and be like, hey, man, like you'll get you'll get more rope. I, I think Edgar Wright would be great for handling the Guardians moving forward. But um, if I'm the person going ahead and kind of figuring out what to do moving forward with the Guardians... And I'm going to give you kids some homework. I'll let you kind of dig a little bit. I would go ahead and set up the Universal Church of Truth. That's what I would do. If you want to go super cosmic and be and get even maybe weirder with it, go ahead and do that. That's what I would do. But uh, again, I, that that's your homework is to Google. It's <laughs> to go ahead and Google that. But yeah, y'all, I'm excited to see where the Guardians uh, turn up next. If I'm guessing, I would say they could even be back as early as King Dynasty, but I, I think they'll hold off on them until Secret Wars. But I do think we get the legendary Star-Lord a little sooner than later as far as an announcement of a Disney Plus show. But yeah, that's what I've got for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, everyone. Uh, what did you think of it? How would you rank the Guardians movies? Uh, for me, it's 3-2-1. Because I love Volume 2. I, I love Volume 2 more than Volume 1. Um, after sleeping on it, I do think... <sighs> okay, you know what? I will say 2-3-1 for right now. Because I really do love Volume 2. And Ego's such a piece of shit. You know, uh, you know, 2-3-1. I'll say 2-3-1 for now. But I reserve... I, I, re I will admit I might flip it to 3-2-1. But I'm still thinking on it. But... Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, what did you think of it, everyone? Uh, let us know in the comments. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can also follow me on Instagram at jhunterrealpineapple. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneUp, and Samsung Podcasts at The Real Pineapple. Uh, go ahead and follow us on YouTube. Please subscribe. That helps us out. You can find us on YouTube at The Real Pineapple, and you can follow me on Letterboxd at Black Shazam, and you can follow me on TikTok at Black Shazam775. Oh, gosh, is there anything else? Uh, oh, yeah, and you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash jhunterrealpineapple. And um, 
yeah, I think that's everything. is that everything? <laughs> so many things. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're going to go ahead and have reviews coming up here in the next uh, couple weeks for White Man Can't Jump. Uh, Blackberry, going to have a review for Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. I believe that's the one Fast and Furious film I have not reviewed yet. And I'm going to go ahead and start reviewing the Indiana Jones film starting first week of June. So I'm excited to go ahead and uh, bring those to y'all. I haven't watched those movies in so long. So I'm, I'm really excited to actually to, to rewatch those. But um, we'll have that coming up for you. And gosh, uh, what else? I think that's everything. But uh, oh, yeah. And you can find everywhere. You can find uh, find and follow the show. You can follow us at link. Uh, tr.ee slash jhunter real pineapple uh, thank you so much for listening everyone stay safe out there take care of each other hope you're enjoying as we're finally getting the spring and getting some sun uh, stay safe out there everyone and we'll talk to you soon